Hi, welcome to Training for Godliness, where we take a few minutes to remind each other to stay focused on spiritual things during our daily walk with God. I'm your host, Paul Hammonds. Hi, everybody. Welcome back for this edition of Training for Godliness. We've been gone for a week, so we appreciate you staying with us. Uh, please feel free again to like us, share us, and follow us as you can, and hope and pray that the things that we talk about will be useful and, and things that will encourage you as we strive to be more and more like God every day. And so today's lesson is a little bit different because I've been reading in the book of Ezekiel. And many of you, if you're in a yearly Bible reading right now, that's probably around where you might be. And when we get to this book, it's easy to let all of the elaborate apocalyptic symbols intimidate us to the point that we either stop reading entirely or we just gloss over the parts that seem particularly outlandish. But there's some important concepts that are mixed in there that are relatively easy to understand and should reflect the themes and ideas that we've read in other parts of the Bible. So it's important to stay with it. And I found one specifically, I think, in the first three chapters that, that stood out to me. Now, Ezekiel, as you may know, is a prophet called by God to speak to the Israelites who have been taken into captivity by Babylon. And he's about to deliver a series of prophecies to the people. And in the first three chapters, we see the Lord preparing him for the work with a series of instructions. Now, one of those instructions seems pretty odd. Starting in chapter 2, verse 8, Ezekiel writes, But you, son of man, hear what I say to you. Be not rebellious like that rebellious house. Open your mouth and eat what I give you. And when I looked, behold, a hand was stretched out to me, and behold, a scroll of a book was in it. And he spread it before me, and it had writing on the front and on the back, and there were written on it words of lamentation and mourning and woe. And he said to me, Son of man, eat whatever you find here. Eat this scroll and go. Speak to the house of Israel. So I opened my mouth, and he gave me the scroll to eat. And he said to me, Son of man, feed your belly with the scroll that I give you and fill your stomach with it. Then I ate it, and it was in my mouth as sweet as honey. It's not until Ezekiel eats the scroll that the Lord then tells him, Son of man, go to the house of Israel and speak my words to them. Does this image seem familiar? It should. In Psalm 19, David talks about how the law of the Lord is sweeter than honey in the drippings of the honeycomb. This is the same imagery that we see in the book of Revelation when the apostle John is being called to go prophesy. But what does it mean? And what does it have to do with those of us who are not called to be prophets? Well, there's another image that's similar to this, and it's found in the Gospels when Jesus has finished feeding the 5,000 over in John chapter 6. The disciples come to him hoping for more food, and he tells them, Do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give to you. He goes on to say, Truly I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whosoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. At the end of the statement, over in chapter, verse 63 of chapter 6, he makes it more clear what he's talking about. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and life. So in essence, we see here the word of God, personified in Jesus, instructing his followers to eat his flesh. It's a pretty similar idea when you think about it in terms of God instructing Ezekiel to consume a scroll of writing. It's the same principle. It's the same imagery. And the point, I think, is exactly the same. It's not enough simply to read the word or hear the word spoken to you. You need to internalize it, absorb it, make it part of yourself. It should be the thing that sustains you, the thing that gives you life. And Paul talks about that in Colossians 3, how the word of Christ dwells in us richly and how it impacts us in our lives and in the way that we deal with one another. It's manifested by singing to one another, teaching one another, praising and thanking God. When the word is in you and part of you, 
it's going to find its way out and, and people will see those effects on our lives. It will be a working part of us. It, it really will be a part of who we are. And I think that's the key to transforming ourselves into the image of God. It isn't about some emotional experience that changes us. It's about making the Word of God second nature. When I think about how I read and how I study the Bible and how I apply those principles, I can't go out and be a light to the world if those principles aren't shining forth in, in evidence to everyone around me. How can I tell people about all that the gospel has done for me if the Word of God isn't evident in everything that I do and everything that I say? The phrase goes, you are what you eat. And I think the point that is being made to Ezekiel and to us is that as we go out into the world, don't tell people what the Bible teaches as if you're reading an instruction manual that someone else wrote and then gave to you to deliver. It should be evident to everyone that the word you're teaching is part of who you are. You've internalized it. You've applied it to yourself. You have treasured it in your heart. And now you want to share it with others. As David says, taste and see that the Lord is good. How do I know that it tastes good? Because I've tasted it myself. And I taste it every day of my life. So our love for the Word should go beyond reading and studying. It should involve making it a part of who we are every single day as we're training for godliness. That's our message this week. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time.